Okay, reading from Galatians chapter 1, starting at verse 1. Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me, to the churches of Galatia. Verse 3. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, as we come now to hear the word preached, I pray that you would work in our minds, our hearts, our ears to listen and hear what your word has to say to us. Not reflecting on anybody outside this church, but on our own hearts, that we would examine our own hearts to see how we are doing, walking with you in this perverse world. Give me wisdom, Father, to preach clearly, logically, and to preach the truth, to be faithful, to, to, to interpret your word accurately and handle your word accurately, so it can bring you glory and honor. Be with us, Father, now. Thank you for the Holy Spirit who lives in us, who helps us, who, who teaches us the word, so we can walk in your ways. And we thank you, Father, that salvation is unto your name. And to you be the glory forever and ever. Amen. It's lovely that the church can set aside a day to celebrate the cross. And in this coming Sunday, Lord willing, we'll celebrate Resurrection Sunday, which is when Jesus, according to the scriptures, on the third day, rose again. And then we know 40 days later, he ascended. That's the Ascension Day. And then 10 days later, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon the church. When you woke up this morning, what was the first thing on your mind? Did you have time to read the Word, to pray, and to reflect on this Good Friday, the cross, the crucifixion? When you hear these words, Jesus gave himself up for our sins, what do they mean to us today? Do we embrace them? Do we hold fast this truth that Jesus gave himself up for our sins? We read it in Titus. He gave himself for us. If you read Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Three times. He gave himself. He gave himself. He gave himself. That is good news for us who are saved. That is good news, but it's also good news we must take to the lost world. It's preaching Christ crucified. 
Like today, we want to focus on just Jesus gave himself up for our sins. The cross is where God reconciled us to himself in Jesus. In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. All because he gave himself up for us. Jesus, the Lamb of God, to take away the sin of the world. For those he has chosen, he has called to himself by his grace. Christ Jesus gave himself up for our sins. We were in bondage to sin. And knowing that he has saved us, this is good news. Jesus' death on the cross, his crucifixion, should not be kept as a secret to the world. And lived in secret. As we go to the shops, we shouldn't hide our Christianity. It should flow through our works. It should flow through our words. The gospel of Christ is not only the way to be saved and to have eternal life and have salvation, it is also the way to help us to live godly lives in this fallen world. How we live the Christian life will either give the lost world a distorted view of the gospel because we live as we please or gives a clear right view of the gospel, a righteous view because we're living rightly before God. We're living godly lives. It's important how we live in front of the people of this world. They're watching us. If someone goes and watches a sportsman just say it's a tennis match, they want to see that tennis player, man or woman, perform. They're not going to go watch him just do as he pleases, play as he pleases, mess around. No one's going to pay that money. No one's interested. I think the children is the same. You go to school and you look up to your teachers to teach you whatever they're going to teach you. If it's maths, you look up to the math teacher to teach you maths. Not to teach you something else or to fool around and and half the year you do no work. You don't want to be in that classroom. And I think it's the same. If we don't live the Christian life rightly before this world, why should they bother with the church? Why should they bother with Christianity at all? So this morning I want us to embrace just two things from Galatians chapter 1 verses 4 to 5 to help us understand Jesus' crucifixion on the cross so that we can be challenged to live godly lives for Jesus. And the first thing to help us to embrace Jesus' crucifixion is Jesus gave himself up for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age. And we read that in verse 4. Who gave himself? Who's the who there in verse 4? Well, verse 3 says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Who gave himself? The who points back to the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, the Son of God. The begotten Son of God. He is the one. He is the who who gave himself for our sins. 
Where did this happen? Well, we know it happened on the cross. There on the cross, our Heavenly Father was willing for His only Son to die for you and for me, those He has called to be His children. Jesus died on the cross to forgive our sins, for us to be in fellowship with God. Something to think about. Maybe there's a, someone out there that you would love to meet, love to talk to, ask questions, be in their company, be in their presence. And think if it happens, what, it's, what it will be like to be in the presence of that person, to, have, to, have, to, have, to socialize with them and to, to have a relationship and to ask them and be the, with them for the day. And what it does to you. And think about it as a Christian. We have fellowship with God. With the almighty, all-powerful, creator God. He's present with us. And we can talk to Him. We can, we can, we can listen to Him by reading His word. He talks to us. And we can talk back to Him in prayer. And we can have fellowship with Him. What a privilege it is to be known as a child of God, to be called a child of God because of what Christ accomplished on the cross for us. So we can have fellowship with the true living God. Before we couldn't because our, our sins were in the way. Our sins were against an infinite holy God who cannot even look upon sin. But Christ came and took away that sin. Behold, the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. If we, if we think of it like this, if God wanted to forgive our sins, why not just forgive them without having Himself tortured and, and execute, executed in payment? But we know from Scripture, we know from God's Word that God could not just forgive our sins. Just say from heaven, Brian, your sins are forgiven. Darby, your sins are forgiven. Mark, your sins are forgiven. God our Father needed to send His Son in the flesh and blood to destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Jesus, the Son of God, had to be made like us in every respect. We think about it. If you look at all the other worldviews, was there God, whoever they believed, made like us, lived amongst them, experienced what we experience? Jesus, the Son of God, had to be made like us in every respect so that He might become a merciful and faithful High Priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people for because He Himself suffered when tempted, He is able to help those who are being tempted. What a blessing. 
We have a great high priest who is able to sympathize with our weakness, but one in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. And he gave himself up. All so that we could have our sins forgiven. So that we can with confidence draw near, and that's in his confidence, God's confidence, draw near to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. God's grace has saved us, and God's grace also transforms us and grows us. We read that in Titus. It helps us to deny ungodliness and worldly things, and to train us in righteousness and godly things. But some people think they're saved, they've arrived, and they sit back and they do absolute nothing. They think they've got a one-way ticket to heaven. It's not like that. The same grace that saves us is the same grace that is going to equip us and instruct us to live godly lives for the glory of God. But we needed Jesus to die the sacrifice He died as a substitute. He needed to die in our place. God is looking for a perfect man. Whose blood was pure. Whose blood was clean. We the ones that deserve death. We the ones that deserve to be crucified on the cross. Not Jesus. But Jesus willingly chose to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Substitutionary atonement. He died in our place. He gave himself up for our sins. Yes, we know this, but do we embrace these truths? Which then causes us to want to live a godly life because of what Christ accomplished for us on the cross. The love of Christ should compel us because Jesus was our substitute. He took our place in fulfilling the role of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But he also died so that he might rescue us from this present evil age. And this present evil age is evil. Don't downplay the wickedness of man. The evilness of man. Satan is craftier than us, more powerful than us. But he's not God. And we have the Holy Spirit who lives in us, who can help us to walk with God through this present evil age. But it's said there that Jesus has rescued us from this present evil age. In Galatians chapter 1 verse 4. Who gave himself for us sins to deliver us from this present evil age. He received God's wrath for saving us from the wrath that is to come. This present evil age is under God's wrath because man suppresses the truth. Read that in Romans chapter 1. You know, I was reading something during the week and that we are going to be, one day we can actually be told that we can't tell someone to repent and turn from their sins to God. Because that's been bullying and abusive speech. There is a case going on now in the States. 
with a colleague or varsity, where the principal was speaking about the folk in front of the children, that they need to repent and turn from their wicked ways to sin. And of course, the liberals and all that said, that's abusive speech. America is on a downscale. The Equality Act is coming around soon. Churches are going to get told what to say and they can't say. Because of discriminating. Because of the Equality Act. Why have I told us that? Because we can go out and make a difference now before it hits us. Living godly lives. Fighting the good fight against the evil that is in this present evil age. It's not flesh and blood. It's against the spiritual powers and forces of this world. Yes, we are responsible to, to interact with people, but not to, to create a, 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 a battle where we, where we lose it with people. We, just, we are called to sow the seed, to, to, to plant the seed, and let God grow the seed. We just water the seed as we go along. But there is a present evil age that we live in. And the good news is that Jesus Christ came as our rescuer to rescue us from this present evil age. And to be our rescuer, he had to die on the cross to forgive our sins. On the cross, he conquered the world, the flesh, sin and Satan. Because if it wasn't for Christ, Death shedding his blood on the cross for forgiveness of sins, we would still be in bondage to sin. I'm not too sure where we would be here, where we would be this morning. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Christ's death on the cross. I'm not too sure what worldview you would be following. The good news is that Christ Jesus gave himself up for us to give us eternal life, but also to make us into a new creature, a new creation, to walk in newness of life. To no longer present our bodies to sin and instruments for unrighteousness, but to present our bodies to God as those who have been brought from death to life and our bodies to God and as instruments for righteousness. We are called to live godly lives in this perverse world. And hopefully these words that, that was mentioned now, Jesus gave himself for our sins, will help us to embrace the cross, embrace the crucifixion of Jesus in order to live godly lives. Sit down today, take half an hour, read over these passages that are mentioned in Galatians chapter 1 and Titus chapter 2. Ponder on what what Christ accomplished for you. And in return, all He wants and requires of us is to love kindness, love justice, and walk humbly with Him. Walk obediently with Him. He's not looking for heroes. He's looking for godly men and women who He uses through their imperfections. He uses sinners saved by His grace. To go there, out there, and live godly lives. The second thing to help us to embrace Jesus' crucifixion is, it was according to his Father's will. Which we read at the end of verse 4. 
of Galatians chapter 1. According to the will of God and Father, and in verse 5, to whom the glory forever, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Jesus' death on the cross or his crucifixion took place or it happened because of the will of our God and Father. When I, when I think of what, before the foundations of the world, God was working this all out, with the triune God, the Trinity God, the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit, God was going to do something, probably the, the most beautiful thing God could do is to save us from our sins. But while that was being planned out, we can say, God knew he was doing it for the unlovely, the rebellious, the wicked, those who were dead in their sins. Think of who you were before God saved you. Think of what you were doing and what God has saved you out of. But God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, no matter what you were doing, God didn't wait first for you to clean up your life. doesn't matter what, we, what you were doing. Made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. That's why it's grace. God showed his love for us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And we need to embrace these truths. And if we embrace them, they have to stir us up to, to live according to how God has called us to live, and that's to live godly lives. Lives that honor Him. We are here as Christians because God chose to reconcile us to Him through and by the cross. And He did this all before the foundation of the world. Paul said He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before Him. And then according to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, it was all God's power who worked all things after the counsel of His will. It was all His will, decreed will. God's will is for us to be saved, to be spiritful, and to live holy and blameless lives in this fallen world. And this is accomplished through Jesus Christ who gave himself up for us. Not to do as we please in the church and outside the church. In the scriptures we have the way in which we should conduct ourselves in the household of God. For writes to Timothy, I delay. If I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God. And pillar and buttress of the truth. Are we holding fast the truth in this church? Or are we wavering? Are we like the Bereans and search the scriptures to see what the pastor has to say is true? To make sure we stay on that narrow road. Because it's God's will for us to be saved, 
through Christ and it's God's will for us to be in a church where we can be equipped to go out there and live for the glory of God through our Christian lives, our godly lives. That's why our salvation, and we should marvel at this, that our salvation is done out of grace, mercy, kindness, love, not because of anything we did or could do, but according to the will of God our Father. We, we forget, uh, I was reading through 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and you don't, you don't hear of this, and it's really not happening today. And listen to verse from verse 9. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. God, mighty to save. Salvation is unto the Lord. Do we, do we see who He has saved? And what does the church do? It judges those outside the church that do these things. Instead of taking the gospel to them and getting them in the church. Such were some of you. I don't know what some of you were like before God saved you. But we've become a self-righteous bunch of people where we look down on the world and we forget that there's a, 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 um, a, a church, a parish out there. I think John Wesley said there's a, there's a parish, there's a harvest out there to go and, and the world is my parish. I think he said that. To take the gospel because it's God's will for people to be saved and it's not for us to save them, it's for us to take his word and for him to save them. And we should marvel at the fact that it was all done out of grace and mercy, kindness and love. And it was nothing, like I said, we could do. It was according to the will of our God and Father. Because, because before God saved me, I hated Christ in one sense. I wasn't following Him. I was a rebellion. And God saved me. Grace is God's unmerited favour towards us. And mercy is God showed kindness to us in our weaknesses and troubles. So we can, res and He responds to our miseries with tender pity. That is the God we know now. That is the God that wants to help us live godly lives. To honour and reflect His glory into this world. Jesus sacrificed himself. He willingly and voluntarily gave himself up for our sins. That it's his self-sacrifice that was according to the will of God, our Father. You can say both the Father and the Son willed the salvation of the elect and worked together to bring it to pass. In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, someone wrote. It's both the work of the Father and the Son and the Spirit, the Trinity, saving us. But yes, there's one God, three persons, and they're distinct, and they have their role to play. 
We must never think that the son volunteered to do something against the father's will or that the father required the son to do something against his own will. They were working together in love and harmony. If you want to see true relationship, true relational or true relationship going on, look to the Trinity. And there you see the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, how they work together in love, harmony, in unity. It was our Heavenly Father's will for His precious Son to come to this world to live amongst us to die in order that those who trust in Him might be rescued. Rescued from this present evil age. And it's all according to God's will. We have not asked to be rescued. How many of you asked to be rescued? How many of you knew you had to be rescued from the present evil age growing up? Maybe more so than now, but probably not many of us. I grew up in a morally upright home. I went to Sunday school, and when I got to high school I could choose, church or the, or the beach. I always thought I was a Christian, because I knew the name Jesus. I believed that Jesus was true, but until someone sat down with the gospel and helped me through my ignorance, and God saved me, He opened up my eyes to see the truth. I did not ask to be rescued because I did not know I had to be rescued until someone witnessed to me. And it's Christ, or we can say Jesus, by His grace that He came to achieve the rescue according to His Father's will and that we could never have achieved that ourselves. And who can argue with that? We can't argue with that. God's word says, But as many as received him, to them he gave a right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Those who become children of God are those who believe in his name, and it's because it's the will of God, not man. And this verse from John 1 Chapter 1, verses 12 to 13, tells us that salvation is the will of God. That it is God that saves us. Salvation does not lie with the will of man. It has nothing to do with man. Someone said, reading around, said, Salvation from first to last is God's doing. It is His calling, His plan, His action, His work alone. And when God saves us, He brings us into a family, into a church, a family of God. He doesn't leave us out there to do our own thing. God calls us to Himself individually, but He calls us to a church, a local church, a family of God. And we can have intimate fellowship with God the Father. We are no longer slaves to sin. We share in the common family spirit, the Holy Spirit. We are a new creation in God's image. We are born from God, and all of the above makes God worthy to be glorified forevermore. Do we see what God has accomplished for us? We should break out in a doxology. It should stir us up to, to have a joyful spirit to see what God has done for us.
for you and I. That there on the cross, Jesus died to not only forgive our sins, but to bring us to his Father. So we can do everything. Whatever you eat, whatever you drink, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. And that can only be accomplished if it's through living godly lives. Godly lives for the glory of God. So hopefully these two things that we looked at this morning, on this Good Friday, which brings us back to the cross, reminding us of the cross, that there Jesus gave himself for us, to deliver us from this perverse age, this evil age. And it was all according to the will of his Father. All these two truths that I've asked us to embrace will be challenged to live the cross of the Christian life. As we go out the door, is it going to be easy? No, we need God's grace. We need each other. But will we be challenged to go out the door? And by the grace of God, live godly lives. Look to the cross and be reminded of this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? At salvation, when you, when you repented and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, when you repented and turned to God from your idolatries, from sin, to serve the true living God, God's Holy Spirit came to live in us and to help us. You are not your own. You have been bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. And this is what Jesus has accomplished for us on the cross. He gave himself for us. So that we can live to the glory and honor of his Father. Will we be challenged? Embrace these truths. Knowing that we are his. And he has called us to look to the cross. Trusting him and live godly lives for his glory. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that on this Friday morning, which we call Good Friday morning. It's a morning that, it's a day that we celebrate the death of your only begotten Son, the sinless man, the innocent man, the Son of God, who came to take away the sin of the world, who died as a lamb, who was slaughtered, whose blood was shed for forgiveness of sins. Help us to embrace what Christ has accomplished for us. Father, give us wisdom to do that, please. Help us to walk out of here in newness of life, with a joy that is inexpressible, because of all what Jesus did for us. There he gave himself up for us on the cross. Help us, Father. Please help us to, to remember this truth and to be stirred up, so that we will hold fast this truth and run our race with great joy and love. Loving you and loving the world. Living a godly life in this world. Knowing it is your will for us to do your word. To be doers of your word. 
and not mere hearers who delude themselves. So Father, please be merciful, be gracious to us. Thank you again for this morning, that we could be here this Good Friday, and we can celebrate and remember the crucifixion. Thank you for this gift. Help us, Father, to embrace it, to love it, and to live it. Pray not us all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.